0: Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter six. If you got a copy of God's word with you, uh, let's talk about sex. And so we're gonna have some fun. You'll probably get a, a little bit embarrassed and that's okay. Maybe blush a little bit today, but we're all gonna learn and then I'm gonna give you lots of great hope. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're gonna start in verse 18. And so grab something online. If you didn't bring a Bible, of course, the words will be on the screen in the room and also online, but it's always best to have a physical copy or at least an app to follow along with me. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 6, let's start in verse 18. Here's what it says. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. What's that talking about? Jesus, the price he paid for our sin on the cross. That was a high price, his very life. You were bought at a price, which means you're valuable. Therefore, honor God with your bodies now let's keep reading we're now in chapter 7 1st corinthians 7 verse 1 now for the matters you wrote about so the church here they had questions maybe you got some questions now for the matters you wrote about it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman but since sexual immorality is occurring each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband. In the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body but yields it to his wife. Let the married people say amen. Come on, you can say amen. (laughs) You're like, I'm nervous. It's okay, We're, we're gonna get through it and God's gonna do a great work. Do not, verse five, do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I I think that last verse is funny, at least how I read the Bible. Uh, Paul's basically saying, I'll talk more about him and this church in a moment, but Paul's basically saying, hey, if you're married, the only time you shouldn't be having sex is when you're praying together. (laughs) And, And then after you get done praying, make sure you have sex again. I don't know about y'all but as a merry man I, I like that verse a lot all right why don't you keep your bibles open but close your eyes with me and let's pray god i thank you for your word i thank you that we don't have to guess about how do we handle sex properly thank you that your word not just even in first corinthians but all throughout the bible cover to cover genesis to revelation you give us so much help in fact it's talked about a lot like how do you handle sex the right way and so i pray lord that today for every single one of us, God, that we would learn and that we would grow. And my prayer is the same kind of prayer that I had for first service. God, I pray that in this service that we don't just read the Bible, but we invite your word to read us. Meaning that when we see something in scripture that is different than how we're living our life, we don't ask the Bible to change, we ask your word to change us. And so if there's any kind of lifestyle represented that does not line up with your word, God, we ask that you would give us the strength and the power for us to change. Do a great work in our life. God, I know that with a topic like this, sex, it is so supercharged. And there's people, God, that are broken because of past mistakes or maybe even things that were done to them in their past. But I pray for all of us, God, that you bring healing and that you bring hope as we rally around the truth of your word. We don't hide from it. God, instead we lean in to what you have to say. So may you speak to me and through me for your people. And God, we ask all this in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And if you believe with me, would you say amen? Amen. And now for all of us, it's really important that you know some context to this passage. In fact, this is vitally important every time that I preach that you kinda know what's going on. So as I said earlier, Paul is writing this book, this letter, 1 Corinthians. And Paul is an interesting dude. If you know anything about scripture, you may know this, but, but Paul actually, not only did he have a life change, he went through a name change. He was called Saul before, but Jesus so radically changed his life that he got on a mission after that change to see other people's lives change for Christ. And one of the big things that he did, is why we call him the Apostle Paul, one of the big things he did was he planted churches, which just means that he started new churches. And so he'd go to different areas, start a new church on different missionary journeys. He would uh, start this new church. He would raise up leaders within the church. He'd pastor it for a little bit. And then he'd move on to the next church, and those leaders would take over. And time to time, he would write letters like this one, 1 Corinthians, to help them out and to answer questions that they had. And so that's about Paul, the writer, as God spoke through him. But you need to know a little something, something about Corinth. Hence the name 1 Corinthians, the first letter to the church of Corinth. Corinth was a crazy city. It was big like Houston would be in our nation. It was a very big city, it was a Greek city. But not only that, Corinth had a reputation for sin. So you think about Las Vegas, what we have here, Corinth in that era was the modern day Las Vegas. So what happened in Corinth stayed in Corinth, okay? It was Sin City. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I'll tell you one thing. I can't tell you much more because it is very, very whole. Like it's it's evil, it's horrible, but I'll give you one thing so you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. But Corinth, it had its major city, Sin City, uh, just kind of ground level. But like most Greek cities, it had an Acropolis above it. And so there was another kind of mini city above it at the top. So you had Corinth and then you had Acro-Corinth, about 2,000 feet above Corinth. And in Acrocorinth, this is history, you could study this on your own if you'd like uh, to kind of get more into the history of it. But Acrocorinth, it had a temple. And the temple was a temple that you would go to to worship a false little G, God. And at this temple, again, this is history, they didn't have pastors like our church would have pastors, they actually had temple prostitutes. You heard me right, again, Sin City. And so some scholars think that there was a 1,000, which is a lot. But other scholars are like, that's too many. But regardless, there was a lot of temple prostitutes. And here's literally what would happen every single night. Those temple prostitutes, Corinth, they would go down into the city, and literally they would have sex with all the people. And that was one way that they worshiped that false god. How many of y'all know that is jacked up? Y'all, y'all with me y'all think that's jacked up right just make sure like, that's messed up and so that's what that's what that's what would happen and that's just one little thing out of so many other things they do is absolutely evil and horrible and yet that's where paul planted this church how many of y'all know that we need churches in evil places like that we ain't scared of the dark because god isn't scared of the dark In fact, we invade darkness, bringing the light of Jesus, and we see God illuminate it. Like, do you believe that, church? That's what we do. So we ain't scared of it. And so Paul would start these churches, but here's the problem. The churches were filled with new believers, and they had this skewed view, jacked up, messed up view of sexuality. And so it infiltrated its way into the church. Does that not sound like 2023 today? that there's messed up stuff that we're okay with why because culture is preaching a message that we're just receiving. But Paul says there's actually a better way that sex is not some dirty word, it's something we need to talk about, but there's also some standards that God has set up, not to keep something from you, but actually God wants the best for you. And one of the big takeaways that that Paul talks about here in this passage, and again, it's cover to cover, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, But Paul lets the new believers know this, that sex is more spiritual than you think. Now, I know this is not what culture preaches. And I hope you'll write this down because this is a big idea. I'm gonna keep going to it again and again. But culture says just have sex with anybody. Culture says just do what you wanna do if it feels right in the moment. But sex is not just physical. It is more spiritual than you think. And sex, hear me loud and clear, Christ's covenant, At its best, it's between one man and one woman underneath the covenant of marriage. And like we talked about the last two Sundays, it's the two becoming one. What I tell you all the time, not just in this series, but God, the way that he has designed marriage, it's one plus one equals one. That's bad math, but it's great theology. And that's true physically, you being united together, but it's also true spiritually and so when you have sex with someone there is a soul connection it's a soul connection sex is more spiritual than you think and so since God designed sex he gets to define it since sex is God given it should be God governed that would have been a real good spot to say amen let me give you a second try okay since sex is god given it should be god governed if you believe it would you shout amen okay you're not all believing it i hope we'll get there by the end of this message and again i know this is not what culture is preaching i I know that the world's got a different standard again the world says do whatever you want with whoever you want and and even so many people, even inside churches now, and I'm not picking on our church, I'm saying just in general, people live together before marriage, it's no big deal. Hey, we just gonna play house or we're just gonna do a test drive, just practice first. But I'm just gonna be real upfront with you right out of the gate. And, and by the way, if this message offends you and you're mad right now, you're mad at the wrong dude, okay? Because I'm just preaching God's word you'd be mad all you want you'd be offended all you want but but put it towards god all right y'all with me this ain't ryan's opinion i'm just preaching god's word man it's real lonely up here right now y'all need to help me out more today first service was really into it man so i need y'all to step up here but i'm going to be right in your face right out the gate because god's word is very clear and i want you to process this with me spiritually but also intellectually that when you have sex before marriage, it's actually not practicing for marriage, it's actually practicing for divorce. I want you to process this. I know that the world doesn't preach this, but I'm not here to preach the world, I'm here to preach the word. And here's what I mean by this, that when we would have sex before marriage, we're getting ourselves used to having sex outside of marriage. When we have sex, hear me, spiritually but also intellectually, that when we have sex before marriage, Not only are we practicing it uh, before the marriage covenant, but we're also practicing letting our God-given, and they are God-given, our God-given desires lead and then run rampant. So God gave you that sexual desire. You don't have to feel bad about that, but he didn't say use that desire with anyone that you wanna use it with. And so when you have sex before marriage, you're actually letting your desires, which are good at the beginning, lead uh, and run the show. And then you end up in places that God never wanted you to go. Y'all with me, church? So because God designed it, he gets to define it. Since sex is God-given, it should be God-governed. And I know this isn't politically correct, and I I get all that, but I'd much rather be Bible-correct. So Paul says that, that your body, my body, we are now temples of the Holy Spirit. And can you see the play on words here, right? They know about that temple that's 2,000 feet above the city where some horrible stuff has been going down. And, and Paul's like, that's not actually how a temple should work. Your body, when you give your life to Jesus, is now a temple and it's not for messed up sexuality. It's actually a place where God's spirit now dwells and so Paul says that when you continue to do things that don't honor God you are actually trying to bring God into that evil situation so it's not just you doing it by yourself you're actually trying to whether you knew it or not before today now you know to bring God into that unholy situation that's not the kind of life that we should live since sex is God given it should be God governed now this is something that my wife and I was very important to us even before we got married been married for 10 years now and even when we were dating this was a discussion that we have that we wanted to wait until we got married our, our wedding night uh, to have sex and and i'll just be real up with you that that she had waited but i had made mistakes i had not waited but still we had decided together that from this day forward we're going to honor the Lord and by the way when I preach a message like this I ain't trying to shame you and God's not trying to shame you I'm honestly not even talking about your past I'm talking about from this day forward y'all with me church that's what God's all about I made and let's just be real I think all of us have probably made at least some mistakes when it comes to sex right like none of us are perfect maybe it's on different levels whatever but still it's my wife had waited I had not waited but still we decided when when we were dating that we're gonna wait till our wedding night that, that we understand before God that sex is not the phys- just the physical consummation of the marriage, it is actually very, very spiritual. And so here's what I did, and we got a lot of people that are engaged in the church, so I wanna encourage you to do this. Wait until marriage, if you've been uh, having sex, like, like stop and wait until marriage from this day forward. But, but on our wedding night, we were there in the hotel and we were both so excited and so nervous. My wife reminds me all the time, be careful what you say, because your mom and dad go to this church and my mom and dad watch online, so I'm gonna be careful. <laughs> but on our wedding night, because again, this is spiritual, it's not just physical. On our wedding night, I, I made sure before God and to set the standard for the rest of our lives and the rest of our sex lives together, I made sure that we had a moment in prayer, that we honor God. And, and it, it, it was beautiful, it was powerful. Not only that, but I read a couple of verses, verses that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, the two becoming one and the beauty of that, and how it actually honors the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. When I prayed and when we read the Bible, it wasn't very long, okay? I wasn't doing like a 45 minute Bible study, just, just letting you know. I needed y'all to laugh, man. Y'all making me nervous, how nervous y'all look right now. like like, about 30 seconds but you know because we had some stuff to do you know what i'm saying holla at your boy anyways (laughs) oh goodness i don't think isabel's in here this service she was in here first service there's a reason why she's not in here right now but anyways (laughs) but 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 i i made sure to acknowledge that hey this is spiritual this is spiritual so i'd encourage you To do that those that are engaged on your wedding night to have that moment before the lord god we acknowledge that one plus one equals one that's physical but also spiritual so sex is so much more than the physical and sex um, should have some boundaries to it okay And I want to talk about boundaries for a moment. I want to use kind of a lighthearted illustration just to kind of help you get this this in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. Uh, But I remember growing up a couple of times uh, in my teenage years, we went snow skiing. Obviously, we didn't go here in Houston. We went to New Mexico and Colorado. And uh, I didn't go a lot, uh, but when we go snow skiing, uh, and those of you that know me, you know this about me, uh, I got a little bit of crazy in me that didn't surprise you or shock you. And so when we go snow skiing, even though I didn't go a lot, I, I, I wasn't about the bunny slope, all right? And so I would do the double black diamonds. Like anything outside of jumping out of an air, a helicopter, like I was in. And so that, that's just how I did. In fact, I got really good at falling down without getting too hurt and running into trees. True story, without getting too hurt. Like there, there's actually an art to it. But anyways, so I remember this one time in particular, my mom and dad, uh, they took a snow scan. We actually went with a, a friend's family, which was awesome. So I had a best friend um, and, and we were snow skiing together and you think I'm crazy, he is crazy, crazy. And so we were on top of this mountain and again, I don't remember which one, but we were there and we were doing the double black diamonds like the most extreme, but because like I'm an adrenaline junkie, it, it wasn't good enough for us. And so we're at the top of this mountain. We had already done the two different lanes and runs that they had, but there was this one section in the middle. And If you've been snow skiing, you've seen this, that it was actually roped off. I think it was orange, and it had a huge sign on it, about as big as you can make a sign, and as big and bold letters as you can have on a sign. And it said, do not pass. And me and my buddy, we thought, you know, that's probably just a suggestion, you know? They're keeping something from us, and so, so we looked over the edge of that, we're like, we've done these other two runs that they've told us to do, but over the edge of that, it looked phenomenal. Like it was fresh powder. Have you skied in fresh powder powder before? Have you been skiing? It? It's like it's awesome. that uh, we could blaze our own trail. Who knows? Maybe somebody'd be videotaping and we'd end up on the news. Like, like we were excited. And so we didn't listen to that boundary. And we went past it. And I gotta tell you, church, for two minutes it was glorious. For two minutes, it was it was awesome. I mean, I'm telling you, like, like it, it it was incredible. I feel like I was in the Olympics. It, it, it was so awesome. It was a thrill. Like my heart was racing, it was, it was awesome. So how y'all you know that two minutes ended real quick. And when we got to the bottom of that run, we found out why they actually had a, a boundary there, but it ended in front of a frozen river. Not only that, but on the other side of the frozen river, there was a huge hill that we had to climb and the snow was chest deep, all right? So here we are and we had two minutes of fun And then we literally had to wade through the frozen river. Not only that, but once we got past it, we had to crawl as best we could, skis in our arms up that hill. I honestly thought this is how I'm gonna die. And not only that, this is a pre-cell phone. So I'm like, my mom and dad won't even find my body. Like they're just gonna think I ran away or something. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. You, You know where I'm going, right? There was a reason, there was a boundary there. It wasn't to hurt me. It was actually to help me. It wasn't there to restrict me from having fun. It was there actually to bless my life that there's safer routes to go where you can still have some fun boundaries don't limit you they actually bless you boundaries don't restrict you they actually protect you i'll say it to you this way when it comes to relationships boundaries don't stifle a relationship they safeguard it if you're taking notes you should write that down boundaries don't stifle a relationship they safeguard a relationship so because god has designed it he gets to define it because sex is God given, it should be God governed. And he's got some boundaries there. What's the boundaries? One man and one woman underneath the covenant of marriage. There should not be pornography brought into that. There should not be obviously another person brought into that. This is how God has designed it. And again, it's not to limit you, it's actually to bless you. That's how good God is. So sex should have boundaries. Sex is very spiritual. Can I tell you something else? sex is also a gift and for some of you are like can he say that in church yes i can in fact some of you are watching online because you're like i can't even be in the room that sunday (laughs) i'm glad that you're watching but like it's a gift a gift to be enjoyed underneath the covenant of marriage it's a gift now some of you grew up uh, like maybe this was your church culture maybe it's your family culture but some of you grew up in and, and, and sex either just by what you saw, like just like kind of just the way that your parents kind of lived and so just never talk about anything, nothing's ever discussed, or, or maybe even what was taught, I don't know, in church growing up. But some of you, this was kind of the environment that because somebody had three kids, it meant they had sex three times, right? That's kind of what, just what was there. Like when anybody raise a hand, that's kind of the environment that you were in nobody okay awesome there's a couple of us yeah that's kind of the environment all right they got three kids they had sex three times they got four kids they had sex. if they don't have any kids I guess they're not having sex you know that kind of deal and uh and, and you don't really see it as a gift you're like I see it as a dirty word that almost like a sin that God's okay with you know that's kind of what people feel sometimes but sex is actually a blessing it's a gift when used the right way in fact this is really going to help some people and it's going to really set you free mentally when it comes to a topic like this that makes so many people uncomfortable but here's what you got to see the devil didn't design sex god did like think about that like god only does good he is good only good you know all the time god is good like that, that that's true and he only creates good things so the devil didn't design sex. The devil didn't create sex. Here's what the devil has done. He was doing it in Corinth. He was doing it today at Houston and all around the world. The devil manipulates what God has created. It's what he does. It's his specialty. So the devil, hear me church, has taken something so pure, so awesome from God, and he's trying to strip away the boundaries. He's, he's trying to defile it. That's what sin does. It twists what God is trying to do. It manipulates it. And so sex is not a dirty word. It's not something that you should be ashamed of. It's not even something that should make you blush, like get over it. God created sex, but there are some boundaries to it. Why? Because God wants to help us and God wants to bless us. So married couples, I want you to lean in to what God says here in his word when it comes to sex, that marriage in the marriage context, the covenant, you now my body is my wife's and my wife's body is mine. That's how it works. Meaning that we don't withhold sex from each other. You know, when it's your birthday, we'll have sex again. That's, that's not how it should work. That's not healthy, but people do that. Uh, we also in marriage, we don't, we, we don't use sex to manipulate. Well dude, you finally get in the kitchen and, and, and do some chores, then, then we'll see what happens tonight, you know? People do that and we kind of chuckle a little bit, but that has infiltrated its way into the church, that we use it as a bargaining chip. And, and you know what, I just wanna get pleasure for myself and I don't wanna do anything for you. And that is not of God. Again, in, in marriage context, my wife's body is mine and vice versa. The one plus one equals one. So we don't withhold sex. We don't manipulate with sex to hold it over our spouse to get our way. That's not what God does. In fact, that's what the devil does. And one of the practical teachings that I I lead couples through, those that are engaged and they want us to officiate their wedding, we we do that. We love to, to do that and be a part of those awesome moments. It's incredible. But one of the rules that we have here, whether I'm doing the wedding or somebody else on our staff, is that we make sure that you go through biblical marriage counseling. It's like we do all this training before we drive a car and then oftentimes we get zero training before we get into a marriage. And so we wanna make sure that before the marriage starts, we prepare for the marriage to be awesome. And so we go through at least three teachings is what I usually do. And one of the pro tips that I give them, which would be helpful for some of you especially, just something that we can all partake in, whether you're about to get married or already married, is that when it comes to sex with your spouse, that you would never say no, never say no. Now guys, some of you have not been taking notes all Sunday morning, but you won't write that down. Did you hear pastor? He said, never say no. You're like, hey, can I borrow your pen, babe? I gotta write something down. <laughs> But I tell couples that. And here's what this looks like practically. And again, just according to scripture here, not making that up on my own. So, so here's what this looks like practically. And my wife and I, uh, we, we use this model because again, God's word talks about it, uh, but we never say no. So normally in that marriage, there's one person that's initiating, right? And maybe most often it's the guy, but not always the guy. And so when one of the, one of the marriage partners there, when one of them initiates that they wanna have sex we say, hey, never say no. So if you can in that moment, make sure, and like if you got young kids, put on Cocoa melon in the other room, lock your door, you know, and fulfill your, your, your vows, your, your marital duty, as Paul says. But if it's not realistic in that moment, then what you wanna do is you don't wanna say no, you wanna say, hey, I can't right now, so let's set a time to have sex later. So you're never saying no. Now, I gotta tell you, just, just, just as a guy with me, and my wife, like any time that we can in that moment, and she's like, hey, I can't now, I want to, she affirms, but, but we need to set a time. When we get that time written down, whether it's that night or the next day, I gotta tell you, that is the best thing on my calendar. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> and sometimes we'll even text that, like, oh, we can't wait till tonight. And I gotta tell you, as far as I'm concerned, that's a, that's a contract before the Lord. And, and, and I'm gonna make sure that we, we fulfill that contract but do you see the slight difference there? I'm not saying no, or she's not saying no. Like maybe it's not even realistic, not just because of kids or whatever. Maybe like you're not feeling well, not feeling yourself. Maybe you got a headache. Uh, Maybe you're just so stressed out about how work's been or school or what's to come or whatever. And you're like, I just can't right now, but you affirm And then right after that moment, you're saying, hey, we're gonna set a time. Now remember, it needs to be soon after that. So it can't be birthday, you know, months from now. Can't be maybe for Christmas, you know, that'll be my gift to you. That's not how it works. I say that night or at the very most, like that next day or the very, very, very most, two days from then. And so what you do is even if you can't write in that moment, you're affirming them hey that way they don't get self-conscious they're not hey am i not am i not sexy and i you know, am i not looking good anymore do i need to work out more all that kind of stuff eat less you're affirming them that you want to but then you're setting a time where it's realistic y'all, y'all with me church say so very practical things so, so never say no never say no god has put boundaries there to make sure that he protects us and again he doesn't want to keep something from us he actually wants something for us now Today, here's how I, I, I want to end this message. Some of you are like, thank God it's ending. <laughs> but today, I, I, I want to end this message in a, um, a very forthright way, a way going back to, to God's word. So if you got 1 Corinthians 6 still open, once you look back at it, we're gonna start in verse nine. So right before the passage that we read at the beginning, um, if you close your Bible, you can open back up or again, the words will be on the screen here. But, but here's how I want to end today. So Paul, he is writing the church in Corinth, jacked up view of sexuality, getting them back to a healthy, like God-centered view, Bible-based view. And Paul, in 1 Corinthians 6, verse nine, he makes it really clear what kind of lifestyles will not lead to heaven. And so what we're about to read, a lot of churches may skip it over, I don't know, but I'm not gonna skip over it at this church. I'm called to read the entire Bible, to preach the entire Bible. Yeah, aren't you thankful for that? That's the church I wanna be a part of. And I'm not trying to hate on other people, I'm, I'm responsible for me, but I'm just telling you that's, that's how I'm gonna live my life, that's how I'm gonna preach. Because whether you believe it or not, the world is preaching. <laughs> they don't call it a sermon. <laughs> but what you see on social media and all that thing and you know all the representation they say it has gotta be in every show and every movie and every song now, Like they're, they're preaching. They don't call it preaching, but they're preaching.
1: So again, I'm not here to
0: shame anybody. Remember, it's from this day forward, right? Y'all with me? It's from this day forward. We've all made some kind of mistakes, probably multiple s- mistakes when it comes to mishandling sexuality. It's, it's, it's difficult with what the world and culture is preaching. And so what I'm about to read to you, it starts out in Paul just being led by the Holy Spirit. is just writing down, hey, these are the things. It's not a like an exhaustive list, but but here are some of the things that will not lead to heaven. So a lifestyle of this. And then it ends in the way that God's word always ends. It ends with hope, okay? And so 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse nine. Here's what it says. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. And that word is very, very important because that's what's still happening in 2023. In fact, that's how we describe it to our kids. And even as I was going through that lesson with Luke, and again, it's not just one time you talk to your kids, it's a conversation you keep going. But, but the world is confused. They're deceived, they think it's right. That's what it means to be deceived. They think it's right, but it's not right. Do not be deceived. Here's that list. Not exhaustive, but neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. In verse 11, this is what I wanna focus on. After reading that, you need this, I need this. This is so powerful, so profound. Paul is writing to this church in the middle of Sin City. Verse 11. And that is what some of you were. (sighs) Did you catch that revelation? I don't know a lot, but I do know this. Were is past tense. Man, Tony, just like in first service, every time I've read this, the Holy Spirit's presence just drops. What you sense right now, that's the Lord. And that is what some of you were but you were washed, you were sanctified. God, I sense your presence so much. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified, not because of your works, not because of you doing anything. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. This is so powerful. Don't miss this, everybody looking at me right now, everybody can't miss this. Paul makes it really clear, this brand new church, this baby church, new Christians, in the middle of Sin City. He says, all that stuff that's been normalized in your culture, that has started to infiltrate its way into the church. Again, we're seeing that in 2023. He says, all that stuff, that's who you used to be. That's who you were. And because of Jesus, A new day has come. You don't have to go back to your old ways. You don't try to compromise with culture and the message that they're preaching. Instead, even in your sin, you present it to God. You invite him in to heal you, to give you a brand new start. And he will make you whole, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Come on, look at me right now. Somebody needs to hear this. What sin has broken, the cross can repair. That is true. That is true. Receive the truth from God's word. We've all missed it. We've all made mistakes. I'm not here to shame you and neither is God. God's saying, I've set some boundaries up not to hinder you, but to help you to protect you, not to sabotage, but to truly make sure you are safe and blessed. Sex is a gift, but the devil has come in even to the church and he is twisted and he's manipulated and everybody's scared of being canceled. Who cares? God has not canceled you. Anybody glad, not just a second chance, but like a thousand chance from God. Want on, talk canceled. Now here's what some of you are thinking. Think, well, pastor, that's good for you, but that ain't good for me. You're the truth of God. In fact, I hear this all the time. This is what the world says. Pastor, I was just born that way, just born that way. Maybe you said that. Maybe you're thinking about your brother or your sister who's living that kind of lifestyle that's in this list that, hey, you're not gonna inherit the kingdom of God. And we've got emotion tied into it. Let's pull back as much as we can from the emotion. And again, God loves them just like he loves every one of us. Absolutely, okay, absolutely. Pastor, I, I was just born this way. I, I wanna tell you very clearly, and I'm on record, we, we videotape every message, not just like the ones that aren't controversial, okay? So it's gonna be online, because I don't care about being canceled, I care less about that. Maybe that's just as I, I'm young, but maybe that's just as I get older, I don't know. But like, I care less, is I wanna preach God's word. And so, so here's what you need to hear. Pastor, I was just born that way, I was just born that way. We were all, this is truth, we were all born into sin. Now your sin or your sister or brother's sin or whoever, your neighbor, coworker, classmate, it may be different than yours and um, different than mine. Sin, different sins tangle us up. You know, we don't all struggle with the same thing, but it's sin is sin. And so pastors is born that way. We were all born into sin. This is why God's word says, and it's so powerful, so simple, that when you give your life to Jesus, you are born again. That's Bible language. So that's cool. We were all born into sin. That's why you're born again. The first time you're born, you're born into the flesh, sin. The second time that we're born, born again, we are born into the spirit. So it didn't matter if I was born that way or I had this tendency. You can be born again in Jesus' name and you are a new creation. Pastor, I'll never get over that porn addiction never get over it pastor pastor i'll never get past um, this past and and all i've made so many mistakes pastor you know that that's not true Hear the truth of god that again whatever sin that's broken the cross can repair and even the deepest darkest sins that we have god is greater still and he can forgive and he can heal and he can make you whole again So before we pray, because I want you looking at me still, and we're going to pray. There's a spiritual side to this. Sex is more spiritual than we think. But there's also a practical side to you walking this out. And it's up to you. I ain't your daddy, and I ain't trying to be your daddy, okay? Some of you are like, I could be your daddy, (laughs) (laughs) Pastor, because I'm older than you. I, I get all that. There's a spiritual side and we'll pray, but there's also a practical side of this. If you're living together, and I'm, I'm saying this, I didn't ask for permission from our elders because I know they're on board with me. So will take a little finances, but that's okay. God is blessing us through your faithfulness. It's awesome. But if you're living together, you love each other, you wanna spend the rest of your lives together, let's get you married this week. Like, 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 let's, make it, let's make it happen. Let's, let's honor God. And here's what I mean by that is, is I'll do the wedding for free. Now, I don't normally charge anyways, but like, I just want you to know that. What's he charge? I don't charge you for it, <laughs> but we'll do it for free. If you're like, I can't afford that hundred bucks at just as a piece, that's cool. We'll pay for that too. If you need to use this building for free. And when we charge people, it's so low. It's just like to pay like the AC and stuff. It's like, if you've ever done an event here, you know, like it is crazy, crazy cheap, but we'll even cut that out too. We're, we're non-profit, we ain't trying to make nothing here. So we'll do all that for free. That, there's a practical side of it. Some of you are living together and you're like, I don't know if they're the one, you, you need to move out. Did he just say that in church? Yeah, I just said it in church. Now I'm not saying I'm gonna pay for your second apartment, you know. <laughs> you can go live at the Heights faster, you know. <laughs> River Oaks. <laughs> but we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe somebody has got a place that, that, that you can rent real, real cheap. And it's, it's worth it. What did God's word say? You were bought at a price. So there's no price too little that you can pay to honor the ultimate price that Jesus paid. That's some good preaching right there. I have gotta tell you. If you're in that lifestyle, it's, it's, it's time to make a huge change. Maybe, maybe you need all new friends, not because you're better than them, but, but you need more security. Do what you gotta do in the practical and then God will always do the spiritual. So bow your heads with me, close your eyes. I'm gonna pray for you. Oh God, thank you for your word, that you are not silent even on controversial topics like sex. Thank you, God, that you've got a lot to say to help us. It's not to hinder us, it's not to hurt us, it's actually to help us. And so I pray for your awesome, awesome church. I love these people so much. It's supernatural the love you've given me for this church. And I pray, God, that they would not feel shame or guilt. That's what the devil does, it's not what you do. Instead, God, I pray they. They sense your sweet conviction, big difference. Conviction draws them closer to you. Shame and guilt pushes them away. So I pray God that in this moment, if there's anything in their life sexually that is not in line with the standards, the boundaries that you set up, I pray God that they would do what they need to do in the practical. That God, if we got to do some things to help them financially as a church, we'll, we'll figure it out, but we're gonna honor you. Sex is not a bad, dirty word, it's a gift but you place boundaries around it. Why? Because you created it, you designed it, and so you get to govern it. And so I pray, I pray God, that you get us back into right alignment with your word. It doesn't matter what culture preaches or the world preaches. It matters what your word says. Your word is timeless, objective truth, not subjective, objective. I thank you for it. And God, I pray right now, I sense this in my heart, I pray for right now for those, God, that maybe even in tears right now, they're, they're so broken because of their their past mistakes, maybe even something last night, maybe even something this past week. And God, they're broken in their sexuality, they've mishandled it, just like we all have on some level. I pray God today that you'd remind them, hear the word of the Lord, that what they're struggling with right now, that's who they used to be, that's who they were, their past. God, you have redeemed, you have made whole, you have set the captive free. Yeah, they're gonna do what they can in the natural, the practical, step-by-step, walking it out. But God, you are faithful to do the supernatural, the spiritual right now, to break off those strongholds of pornography. Heal them, Lord. I pray, God, that, that if they've been in a sexual relationship outside of marriage, that they'd have that tough conversation today, not tomorrow, today, that we're gonna set a standard, follow God's standard. And from this day forward, We're gonna honor him and watch how blessed you are. And blessed in the Bible just means happy, happy. Watch how happy and joyful you are as you honor God with your life and with your body that was bought at such a high price. And speaking of high price, I pray lastly, God, for anybody who's never given their life to you. I pray that today would be their day of surrender. I pray that today they would give their life to you. It's not about what they've done. It's about who you are and what you've already done once and for all on the cross. That is great news, that's the gospel. That not because of my works or my striving, but because of grace, through faith, that I can be forgiven of all my sin, of every mistake, sexually and way beyond that every single one. So if you're here today in this room or online and you wanna surrender your life to Jesus, I wanna coach you and lead you in that prayer, the prayer of salvation. Keep your eyes closed with me in the room and if you can, safely online. But there's another place in the Bible, Romans. And in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, it says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God doesn't want you confused about it. He makes it clear, not complicated. If you confess, speak out loud that Jesus is God, he is real, and you believe in your heart, faith and trust that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, you will be saved. That's a promise. today you can receive that gift. Jesus is ready to save your soul, just like he saved mine and many others in this room. So right where you are, you can whisper to the Lord, I'll coach you, you don't gotta shout it, just whisper it to him right now. Just talk to Jesus, tell him this, Jesus, I confess that you are God. You whisper that to him, he hears you. You need to speak it out loud in faith. Jesus, I confess that you are God, you are real. And Jesus, I believe, you talk to him right now. Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are and that you died on the cross and you also rose from the dead. I believe that, it takes faith, but I believe it. And Jesus, I ask you, you've gotta ask him this, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Every time that I have sinned gone against your best, sexually and beyond. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. My sin separates me from you. May you knock down that wall in my heart. God, thank you for a new relationship with you. And God, I make a commitment. You make this commitment to him right now, God. I'll make a commitment. From this day forward, I ain't worried about my past. We all have a past. It's who I was, who we were. But God, from this day forward, I commit my life to you. I'm gonna do what you want me to do. And every time I fall down, I know you're gonna pick me back up and help me move forward. God, I thank you for those that are committing their life to you. God, we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at ChristCov.net. We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ's covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at ChristCoveHouston.